What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I recorded it last night on a Friday, October 29th. Posting it today. Sorry, freak. It's been a crazy, crazy few weeks here. We'll back back to our regular scheduled Thursday rips next week. This rip was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. I don't have a voice. I went to a wedding, lost my voice. <clears throat> Cash App. Cash App's making it easy to stack sats. Very easy. You can DCA into it. You can get paychecks direct deposited into the Cash App. Uh, it's got its boost program. It's a beautiful app. It really is. Beware of withdrawal limits and stuff like that. Make sure you get your sats off the app. But if you, you want to access sats, Cash App makes it very easy. You can set buy limits or you can set like thresholds you want to buy. Or you want to buy like a little dip and you want to set it and forget it and just wait for it to get there. Maybe it never will, but maybe it does. It automatically fill your order. You can do that now in the Cash App. Little Birdie told me there's some new wallet functionalities coming soon too. Just be on the lookout for that. If you haven't, if you haven't downloaded the app, make sure you do so using the code Stacking Sats. You're gonna get ten dollars. Ten dollars gonna go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo, woo, woo. Owls Lacrosse. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. All right, this personifies itself in there. Multisig Volt, which is a collaborative custody model, which you engage with Unchained in a two or three multisig signature. You hold two keys, Unchained holds one. Uh, you can all, you always have full control over your Bitcoin as long as you have the two keys that you are supposed to control. Uh, if you're ever in a pinch and you need Unchained to be there to be the second in the two or three multisig sig, multisig wallet or transaction excuse me they are there for you they have a white glove concierge service they're going to take you from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in the vault uh, they're going to have multiple video conference calls with you they're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig comfortable with the vault they're going to get you hardware wallets they're going to get you comfortable with setting those up and uh, securing and uh, s- securing your your backups your, your seed phrases they're going to teach you how to back up your derivation pass for the multi-sig vault as well and then on top of that you're gonna get 50 bucks off if you tell them that tftc sent you so go check it out at unchained.com and check out everything they have going on beyond the vault product they've got an incredible suite of products they just added an ira service uh, they got an incredible blog they've got their lending desk um go check it out unchained.com this group is also brought to you by our good friends at compass mining compass mining is here to get more individuals into the mining game the way you do it, you go to compassmining.io and you can go pick out an ASIC, buy that ASIC, and you have options there. Once you buy that ASIC, you can have it sent to your home, directly to your home. And Compass Mining has an at-home mining team, a support team there. Uh, the number one, get you your miner, send it to you. And then number two, walk you through the process of setting that miner up at your house or wherever you're you're plugging it in. They're going to teach you the electrical infrastructure necessary to make sure that your, your miner is working and actually functional. They're going to teach you how to link into the uh, miner's IP, how to point that hash rate at a mining pool, and how to set up a wallet to receive the payouts from the mining pool. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, also, if you don't want to do the at-home mining route uh, and you're comfortable with hosting, you can buy a miner via Compass and then pick a hosting facility with competitive electricity rates. They'll get that miner. They'll send it to the hosting facility, get it plugged in. They'll start streaming sats to wallets of your choice. Go check all this out at compassmining.io. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains. Brains is here to help you stack more sats via your ASICs, and they do that with their Brains OS Plus auto-tuning firmware, which 
gets into your ASIC, it finds different hashing chips that have higher frequency and separates it from those. Uh, it doesn't separate them, but it, it focuses um, you know, the electricity and the hashing on the higher frequency chips so that you can produce more hashes and therefore more sats for your ASICs. If you have an ASICs that's compatible with Brains OS Plus and you're not running it, you're leaving sats on the table, go to brains.com. It's B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. And check out which uh, mining models are uh, available to have brains downloaded on them. What's miners coming soon? S19s uh, in private beta. I think it's getting rolled out as we speak as well. Uh, what else? If you point to your brains, your ASICs running brains OS plus firmware at slush pool, you're going to get 0% pool fees. It's a nice little vig there. You don't have to point it at slush pool. You can point at any pool you want if you're running brains OS plus. But if you do, you're going to get 0% pool fees at slush pool um, they're looking to hire rust developers uh, system admins and people who have worked on hardware in the past incredible team so go check all this out at brains.com b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com uh, check out all their products check out check out slush pool check out brains os plus firmware check out their mining profitability calculators their their blogs are doing incredible things they're bitcoin only business and they're focused on making sure that miners have the best tools they possibly can to stack as many sats as possible it's a beautiful thing Enjoy this rip, freaks. Sorry, it's a little late. Dickie! You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Hey, what's up, freaks? It's Marty here. We're day late. I know we've been sloppy the last couple of months, but I had a family wedding. Rabbit hole recap is here. It's 5-11 Central Time on a Friday. We're getting out a little bit late, but we're going to have a fun happy hour. Heading into Halloween weekend. Matt and I are drinking some ranch water. It's my new favorite beverage. And uh, we're here to talk about Bitcoin. Nice uh, Friday night happy hour special. Yes. It's a Friday night happy hour special. That was the recorded alpha now matt is gone as soon as i go live it just kicked him out what the hell is going on matt come back no everybody looking at me hey welcome to rabbit hole recap uh it's your boy marty band i'm here supposed to be with matt odell he just got kicked out of the room i'm gonna try to let him back in matt they don't they don't want rhr to come out this week man Yeah, well, if you say no, like it's going to say, hey, probably. I didn't press no, though. I just pressed X on the pop up. Like it's poor, okay. it's poor UX. All right, now we have a problem. Your mic is nowhere near the level it was when before you got kicked out of the room. Okay, well, I'll figure it out. Keep talking. Uh, freaks. It's uh, It's been a nice week here. Now, now I'm loud again. Yes, now you're loud again. Um, we're doing it late. We're a little bit late, but. You know what? There's good. There's some news that dropped in the last 24 hours that like I'd like to talk about. River launching a mining service. We're going to talk about that. That's on the list. But, um, I uh, I, mean, I spent the last two days in Charleston, South Carolina. It's a beautiful city. The family wedding down there. Uh, getting reacquainted with uh, with the city that I, I lived in. 
for four or five years when I was younger in a city that's very near and dear to my heart. Charleston, South Carolina freaks. If you haven't been, you got to go. It's a beautiful fucking city. Charleston's a great city. I also really like Savannah. I've actually never been to Savannah. I feel uh, like they like they kind of compete. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Charleston maximalist. Well, Com- comes to southern coastal cities. I'm not going to die on either hill, so... <laughs> Good, good. I don't want to die on any hills this week, okay? We got a lot going on. We got a lot going on in the world. The clown world. Did you see Tucker Carlson called a town, uh, clown world top? Only after you called the top first. I know. Tucker, you're going to get short squeezed, bro. Yeah. <laughs> do not do not call the top right now. That is fucking amateur hour. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's we can start with some banter. And one thing we don't have on the list. All right, let's start with the dashboard, then we'll get to the banter in my mind. <clears throat> the price of Bitcoin, according to Clark Moody's dashboard, is currently $62,370. One cuck buck is going to get you 1,603 sats. Total market cap of Bitcoin, if you believe in that metric. I know there's some of you out there who don't, is $1.18 trillion, according to Clark's dashboard. We're currently at block height 707327 uh moving along we had no difficulty adjustments between the last two shows um we are currently 208 nine blocks away from the next adjustment which is slated to be on halloween october 31st but not only is it halloween it's gonna be the 13th anniversary of the bitcoin white paper being thrust onto the world um and we're gonna have a difficulty adjustment on halloween white paper day and a difficulty retarget. It's great. And right now, blocks are coming in at nine minutes and 14 seconds on average, which is 46 seconds quicker than the uh, 10 minute block time, block production target, excuse me. And so we're estimated to have an upward adjustment of 8.3%. Going to get a little bit harder to mine to find those, those hashes below the difficulty target for all the miners out there. What else? What else? What else? Unspent capacity at 4,415.35 BTC or 275.5 million cut bucks in Whirlpool. Um, it's a beautiful thing hovering around their all-time highs, I believe, both sats and, and cut bucks. Fuck yeah. <sighs> up. I love how it seemed like you were doing the math on block time, but you're literally just reading it from the table. No, I was doing the math. And I did. It did take me a few seconds there. Doesn't he just have it as a line item on the table? Yeah, the average, the average block time is nine minutes fourteen seconds. I was doing the mental math of the difference between uh, that and ten minutes. It took me a while to get to forty six seconds. I'm hungover, freaks. Hungover, long day of travel. Long day of travel. Respect. I have a nice spicy ranch water. I love the spicy. I enjoy this. It's been a long day. Uh, but I did want to start on a topic that wasn't on the list. I just thought it was <coughs> very interesting. Our boy Jack, <laughs> our boy Jack Dorsey, uh, he tweeted out uh, not too long after tweeting out an episode of TFTT. Who knows if it had an influence on this particular tweet, but he, he tweeted out something like hyperinflation is coming or inevitable i forget the exact words of the tweet we could probably find it it's probably lazy me not to i think it was like hyperinflation is coming and it will change everything yes um people freaked out people did not like him saying well blue checks really blue checks really freaked out yeah it's like well then like the 
uh, like it was like politicians, economists, like Krugman came out of the blue checks. Yeah, uh, uh, came out of the woodwork to lambast them. And all of them are basically like, the, like their arguments are scary. They're like, you can't say it. You're going to incite it. Like if it's just like they believe that there's just some unspoken agreement that like if, you, if there's a tweet, if there's a tweet that causes hyperinflation, like I think we were fucked already. Right. Uh, the pearl clutching that went on after that tweet was uh, very interesting to observe. Uh, it, uh, maybe, again, I don't know why I want to bring it up. Maybe it gives us a peek into the future. If, like, I mean, we obviously do have very high inflation. Whether or not we get hyperinflation, many would debate. I will not be surprised if it happens again because I think you can't micromanage these economies, you can't shut down economies in sight supply chains and print a bunch of money and airdrop it on people and not have very high inflation to hyperinflation exact same thing that happened weimar republic blah 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 blah. well you already have that tweet that i think was like peak marty bent twitter and you should have just resigned from twitter after that when you said uh when the history books look back like the inflationary the hyperinflation had already started right yeah. wasn't that the tweet something to that respect yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll pinpoint a date before today as uh. And when was that tweet? That was like eight months ago or something. Yeah, might have been twenty twenty. Um, yeah, but it's like it's weird. Uh, but it, again, like when why I wanted to bring it up? Maybe because a peek into the future, if things do get crazy and it becomes more noticeable to people, like do they start blaming Bitcoiners? Like, are they going to say Bitcoiners? Try- yes. Like hyper Bitcoinization, trying to move to sound money, or the, the ones who were causing this hyperinflation. Like it seemed like a bit of a setup for that at some point in the future. They're already blaming a Bitcoiner, and we haven't even hit hyperinflation yet. It was just for a tweet, right? Yeah, it was. It was wild to watch from the sidelines. Good on Jack too. I mean, and we again, were like what well, we were like just partying in Austin when he sent that tweet out. I think. Yeah, I remember seeing like the aftermath, like eight hours later, nine hours later. Like I didn't watch it happen live. Yeah, yeah. Where? Well, I was partying in Austin when the tweet went out. It had happened like Friday or Saturday, right? Because we were talking about it at F one. We went to F one. F one was really cool, by the way. It was F one was dope. Yeah. Cheers to Unchained for making that happen. Cheers to Unchained. Um, Actually, I I lied in the. uh, I lied in the bent, or excuse me, in the ad read I did, where I said it was on on-chain. I, I, Parker just fronted it. Like, I got to pay Parker for the time. Yeah, I'm just paying Parker back. <laughs> oh, you already did the ads before before we ripped? No, it was in... Uh, oh, a different episode. Into, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of great Bitcoiners in town. Shout out to... Uh, fellow team cap chat member max verstappen for for coming up first of <laughs> did you just say team member yeah yeah we're, we're a team we're all team because he's sponsored by cash app now yeah yeah i think we have access to him now since we're both i mean i didn't get any access i didn't get any access during the week well we didn't ask for it yet. what we were really saving for is, is monaco that's the one you want to go to i mean austin that's was true that's that's his hometown he lives there yeah so we're um we're gonna hold out for that cash app Anybody from the Cash App team is listening, and you're throwing like a a Monaco F1 party next. Year. <laughs> I'm yeah. fucking down. Let's fucking rip it. I think all the team Cash App influencers should be there. Meg the Stallion was on the track. 
if, if, if they don't if they don't take us to monaco like i will not be going to monaco for like another five or six years because need to wait for the bitcoin price to go up significantly uh did you yeah. see that ad that they ran with max verstappen to announce it yeah it was really cool it was pretty solid it was like it was a bitcoin first ad and then cash app you know cash app was like almost secondary and I like what they did too. Like he was just like, explain Bitcoin to me. And she, you know, the robot Cortana, whoever they're calling their their AI uh, educator in Verstappen's car, uh, it was like a very succinct definition and explanation. And uh, he got, I think that they're, I think what they're trying to portray with that is like Bitcoin is actually not that hard to understand if you like sit down and like, just have somebody define it simply for you. Yeah, they had a previous one with uh, Meg the Stallion that was like surprisingly educational. I appreciate that. You get like used to like the, like the shit coin ads. That's something I called was that we're going to have our first Super Bowl Bitcoin ad. And like, no one's going to be happy about it because it's going to be an FTX Tom Brady ad. But like the FTX Tom Brady ads are just like them going, you in, you in, you in trade crypto or whatever. So it's nice to see um, ads that have an educational element to them. Um, but yeah, they announced that they're going to do a Super Bowl ad, uh, oh. presumably with Tom Brady. I just think that's, I, we talked about this in September when they first announced the partnership with Brady. I just think it's hysterical because like, if you've been in the Bitcoin space for a while, like we've been fantasizing about a, uh, a Bitcoin Super Bowl ad for like since the beginning, or at least since I've been in it, I haven't been in since the beginning. And now there's going to be one and all the Bitcoiners are going to be watching it on Super Bowl Sunday and they're just going to be furious. <laughs> like they're not going to be happy at all. We need to do the crowdfunded, the, the pleb funded Bitcoin Super Bowl ad where we just like, just play the pump it up. Music. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do the um, uh, seventh element. Uh, the one where it goes like, oh, that, oh, yeah. that meme would be fucking fire. That is one of my favorites. Uh, oh, your lady had that on the playlist uh, this weekend. That's yeah, in the in the party bus. It's a it's a family favorite. It's one it's one for good for people of all ages. Yeah, it's uh, it's it seems, that is a little creepy though. But he can he can hit those notes, which is <laughs> impressive to say the least. Um, yeah, man, fuck. It was a fun week, oh, dude. Since moving down here non-stop go 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 again the energy in austin is palpable it's my wife is inside right now like you're you're recording a podcast you're being away for it i'm like honey pod doesn't sleep baby sorry Adam. pod doesn't sleep baby i i i loved your citadel it was great to see your home i got freaks i got to verify that the tree actually exists that marty hugged last week so or two weeks ago when are you moving you got you, how was the recruiting trip? We tried, we tried our best. It was, it was a, it was, it was a good recruitment. Successful. Right. I'm going to hold that one. I'm going to go hold that one close to the chest. I'll take that. I'll take that. You know what? I'll take that to the bank with me. Um, excuse me. I'll take that. No, but Austin's a pretty cool city. The Bitcoin community is fucking fire down there. Very strong Bitcoin community. Very strong. Very strong. Strong to quite strong. Um, feels good to be down here uh, i feel re-energized being down here i feel reinvigorated ready 
ready to do this thing, man. Ready to do it. I hope you freaks are too. You should get down here and visit. At least get down to an Austin Bit Devs meetup. Um, I heard I was not able to make it down to Houston for this month's meetup, but I will be there next month. But I heard this this uh, this month's meetup was um, very well attended. And they had over three hundred people this time. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. I mean, Houston specifically, dude. Like all the energy guys are getting into it, and they're like, "All right, how do we get in?" All the oil and gas guys are. Yeah, I really need to make it down for one of those. I was exhausted. I just been doing. I like. I did like two and a half months of straight travel. So yeah, I was no, like, "No, nah, I'm fucking not gonna do that." I want you to stay put for like a month and a half and just get eight hours of sleep every night. Make sure you're well hydrated. Peace of mind. I just. I. I was just gone for two days. I can't. I hate traveling, dude. He flights the airport and current in this current environment it's like extra extra frustrating yeah it's not fun you know what else isn't fun fatif releasing new updates the demons of fatif are back freaks and they're trying to tell you what you can and cannot do with your bitcoin uh but they're they're focusing on uh these regulated exchanges and entities vast as they call them virtual asset service provider. So I guess uh, it can be defined as an ex- or an exchange. I hate yeah. using their terminology, but it is more convenient since it is their document. Yeah. Um, I, I believe exchanges, I would, I, would, uh, I would guess miners, wallet providers, to some extent all fall, fall under the definition of these virtual asset service providers. And FATF, again, unelected, bureaucratic institution started in France like the UN countries and all the heavily regulated Western uh, financial institutions of the world, financial capitals of the world, excuse me, um, basically take FATF's guidelines. So like they don't, FATF doesn't write laws technically. It's technically non-binding. Exactly. So they don't really, they have like a, a loophole a scapegoat where they're like, hey, we're not writing the laws. We're just we're just writing guidelines that just get accepted as written into laws. It's um, like always sunny. It's the implication. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're we're implying that they should make these laws and then they just do. Why? Does anybody listen to the financial action task force? Who asked for them? <laughs> Why? And so what are they doing now? So Coin Center. <laughs> Came out um, with a piece, and the title of the Coin Center's blog is The Long Awaited Fat of Crypto Guidance is Not as Bad as It Could Have Been, But It's Still Flawed. Here's the good, bad, and ugly. Um, and so they go into it. I guess we'll read their bullet points here. No, don't read the bullet points. The bullet points are what their suggestions were during the last guideline phase. We'll just get They're to recapping. It. We'll just get to the bad and the ugly. Uh, the so- biggest issue is that it's written extremely vague. Um, in their good section, they're like, it's less vague than it was previously written. So uh, I guess you could take that as you will, but it's extremely vague, so it can be enforced. Um, well, I guess it depends on how the different countries decide to implement it. And But like, if, if we actually have laws based on it, which we probably will, because that's usually what happens, um, it's written extremely vague so they can choose, you know, who to hit at any given time rather than having clear cut rules. Um, I mean, I don't think there should be uh, burdensome regulation for this thing to begin with, but if it, if there's going to be 
it should be clear cut so people know what they're getting into rather than a case by case basis deciding who you want to fuck over and who you don't want to fuck over. Um, and then the, the really bad thing is like, there's like a carve out for, forget what the term they use. They called it like matching or pathfinding or something like that, mm. which was also very vague. And like, so like the big fear is like, if, if I, I think we all have basically come to the conclusion that regulated entities, traditionally regulated entities, whether it's a custodial wallet, whether it's an exchange, a brokerage, um, they're all going to have very extreme KYC. They're going to have all these restrictions. Um, they're going to have to comply with the travel rule or whatever they want to call it, where they're exchanging information about who's sending to who and whatnot and keeping track of all that information, storing it in insecure databases. But the fear is for, you know, in their terminology, the unhosted wallets, um, but like self-custody wallets, regular Bitcoin wallets, um, where, you know, you might not be using your own node, but so you're using a service provider's node, but you're not, uh, but you're holding your own keys. And in that case, it still seems very vague to me. So like the ones, the big ones that you could think of is like a multi-sig provider or a light wallet on a mobile phone or um, a coin join service or a LSP, like a lightning service provider. Um, it still seems to me very vague in that regard. Uh, and that's where a lot of my fear is. Cause I think, um, I think people should hold their own keys. They should use their own node. They should avoid KYC as much as possible. But even if they do all that providers of those tools could still be held liable, uh, based on this guidance. And I am not a lawyer and they make it as complicated as possible. So it's very difficult to read. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because. Coin Center does a lot of good work, but a lot of their focus is like DeFi and bullshit. So like, it's not, you know, I, I linked in the, I linked in the show notes, Coin Center's write up because the actual guidance is even more dense and even more difficult to fucking parse through. But like Coin Center's main focus in that piece is, is, you know, how does this affect DeFi providers? Yeah. Ah. The point, the point we're trying to get to here is that we just need to abolish FATF. Like, they should not exist. <laughs> like, I'm down. And again, I mean, I've said it before. I've said it again. I will say it again. Uh, I think we need to start seeing some corporate civil disobedience. I think we need these companies, these service providers, the cash apps. Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not doing anything at the moment, obviously, a lot of these companies are doing a lot, but I think there needs to be like a coordinated and planned effort to to disobey. These things, again, you just mentioned it, and I don't want to say you glossed over it, but I think you should stress, like again, all the data that they're forcing these entities to collect, like you said, is going to be in insecure databases, like you're creating larger honeypots, putting more people at risk. Uh, and again, I like one thing. People, I was, I was getting shit on this week because uh, I forget if I was talking about FATF or something else, but it was like, oh, you're pumping KYC companies and all that. It's like, true, I am. I'll own that. I, I don't like it. I think we've been very vocal. I don't 
I don't like that KYC is a thing. I think we've been very vocal about that. But again, it's like a you can't hate the player. These people are trying to build companies to get people Bitcoin into their hands, which I think is very important and virtuous at the end of the day. You have to put up with that shit um, to do it, which is unfortunate. But I think it can go a step further where now we need to start pushing back. I don't know if people are getting like Bitcoin packs and there's rumors are going around. Uh, the people are starting these packs to, to advocate specifically for Bitcoin. I think this should be one of the main goals of these packs is like, why are we listening to Fed of why are we doing KYC AML? It is proven, literally statistically proven to be completely ineffective. What was the stat that we were talking about like a year ago? 0.1% of financial. Yeah, it doesn't stop criminals. It just hurts law abiding Americans. And uh, I mean, I think we need to take a lesson from gun owners in america and the nra right there should there should just be like it's one thing to comply with burdensome regulation but on the policy side like there should be a you know a a fine line there should be a line that we do not cross and there should not be you know lists of bitcoiners in their transactions period and that's what you see from the nra and i would like to see uh basically like bitcoin versions of the nra start to blossom and uh there are some in the works so that is good good i want that um so just to gloss over the ugly part of this real quick like matt said so here are some like the the big terms that are being thrown out uh continues to advocate for an expansive approach and repeatedly uses vague weasel words like actively facilitates and may qualify would be inappropriate for anything like these non-specific and confusing standards to replace the current law and regulations we have on the books here in the U.S. So yeah, like Coin Center is basically admitting in this blog, like yeah, they're, they're just going to replace the laws with these guidelines with these new laws. That FATF is. Why the fuck does FATF exist? Why do we listen to these people? Freaks, wake up! We need to shake, shake everybody out of this clown world. Like why? Hey, why don't we just go to our government and say they go? Why are we listening to FATF? why like why are they allowed to produce these guidelines from france that, that we have to follow i thought this was america well i mean even if we didn't have fat if like the u.s government would pass these laws but yeah, yeah i i agree with the sentiment yeah that's another dude did you see uh i'm, sh- I'm sure you may have seen the bent i wrote this week but about the the comptroller of the currency that is up the the biden is nominated is waiting to be approved no i missed that so her name's Soleil uh, Hasmarov, I believe. She won, like if, if the Wolf, or excuse me, the, the Wall Street on Parade blog is what highlighted this. I, I think, I hope it's true. They say in the blog post that she um, like studied at the University of Moscow and won uh, like a Marxist-Lenin award. She won like Lenin Scholar of the Year for being a good Marxist. And she wrote like an, I think like a 70 page paper describing how she wants to basically uh, have a national, uh, have a nationalized takeover of the Fed, and like have the Fed just take over all commercial banks and just essentially do a CBDC, but um, described in another way. She talked negative interest rates. She wants to allow the New York Fed and other Federal Reserve banks to short stocks that they don't like. Like they deem that stocks are uh, irrationally exuberant. They, they want the Fed to be able to go in and begin shorting stocks, which is just a complete nationalization of the financial system at that point. Like it's already pretty, 
pretty socialistic with um, QE uh, and the purchase of uh, mortgage-backed securities and other types of assets. You're essentially picking winners um, in that regard, and you're not directly but indirectly picking losers. Like the ability to giving the Fed the ability to short stocks with like pinpoint and, and have them picking very granular individual losers. Oh, I saw screenshots of that. What did you say the source was? I mean, the, you can her paper's public. You can go read the paper. Um, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I think I saw screenshots of the paper. Yeah. And Wall Street on Parade uh, was a blog that covered it <laughs> earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a bullshit blog, but. No, that's pretty uh, good. It's pretty reliable. Is, is it like that's a real blog? Yeah, yeah. They, it's like somewhat like Zero Hedge. They, they dive into okay. it. Well, I, I saw the screenshots of the actual paper. It like there is it is uh, like the whole uh, just the shorting of equities is a if you just take everything else out of that and just nail down on the shorting of equities, it's a very scary incentive, right, for the Fed to have where they can make money crashing the stock market. Because right now they do already have a perverse incentive to basically pump the stock market, which is what they're doing. Um, which is not great, but at least they're like pumping your bags if you own stocks, you know, but if they can just pop the bubble and then, you know, especially, especially a government that is, you know, insanely in debt and has a debt issue, they could pop the bubble bubble and recoup their debt. Uh, that seems like a very perverse incentive to me. They should not be allowed to fucking short equities. This this woman once she's up for nominee to control the currency, comptroller of the currency. And this is what she wants to do with your money freaks. This is what she wants to do with your financial system, with your markets, a complete legitimately communistic Marxist takeover. At the end of the day, government via proxy uh, using the Fed has controlled the production of the financial markets. Like it's fucking insanity. Clown world freaks. Why does FATF exist? And how the hell are we letting people like this get close to the currency in the United States? Like, yeah, I mean, we also had what our last one was Brian Brooks, the ex top lawyer for Coinbase. Yeah. And then he went to Binance and left real quickly. Binance US. Yeah, he left super quick. So that's like, that's actually, people are forgetting about that. Don't forget about that, Free. So just keep that in the back of your mind. There's, Probably he some, freaked out, right? Like he saw behind the curtain. And he was like, oh shit, I cannot be here. Yeah. So he definitely saw some shit and left rather quickly. So, so I, I think he was, they made him CEO of Binance US. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't hold your coins on Binance. I'll hold your coins on any exchange, whether like, who knows if Binance is in trouble because of regulatory issues, because of solvency issues, because uh, of incompetency issues. Who knows? Who knows if these FATF guidelines are going to get adopted tomorrow or next year. Be proactive. Get your sats off the exchanges. It's a wallet you control. Yeah, get your uh, self-custody or Shiba Inu token. <laughs> no. Not your keys, not, not your Shiba. Uh, that, was a, that was a funny thing from the family wedding. I was mentally preparing. Having the last few months have been like when I'm running the family and friends and they're like bitcoin slash crypto curious it's been like solana solana shiba won shiba won the wedding well uh, fucking coinbase added it too 
<laughs> Did they? Of course they did. Yeah, they added it like a week ago and then it pumped even harder. Yeah, and didn't one get rug pulled? Isn't it like a Shiba you knew? No, it was a, I think it was a different dog token, right? I don't know. $100 million or something like that. Uh, it isn't pennies. It's a pretty big hack. <laughs> just got completely rug pulled. Um, the yeah. dog tokens, man. I'll tell, I didn't see it coming. You had to see it coming. What's old is new again. Doge, Shiba. Uh, the, it's hilarious, just like the psychology of people who aren't like fully engrossed in the space. It's just like, huh, when the shit coin of the day it was Solana two months ago, uh, and now it's Sheena Ebo. Um, and my family members were like, yeah, I was, I was thinking about buying some sheep, <laughs> like some, what, what the fuck is it called? Sheba? Yeah, it's like the brand, the brand, the breed, the breed of Doge dogs are Shiba Inus. And that's what they named the token. And it's an ERC20 token. And I, there's also an element like they, the creators airdropped like 50% of the supply to Vitalik. Yeah. And Vitalik gave like a portion to like an Indian charity and like a COVID relief, maybe it was like an Indian COVID relief charity. And then he burned the rest. So like he, he created all this publicity while destroying the liquid supply. Right. So it just made like perfect pumpamentals combined with the meme coin and then Coinbase added it as well. Yeah. Coinbase. Figure out your security. Remember of- the depths of the bear market where some, some Bitcoiners actually believed that like we would stop seeing shitcoin pumps happen. I was one of those Bitcoiners at one point. It was just going to happen forever. Let's just get over it. Yeah, I'm pretty much resigned to that. Just get into your Bitcoin Zen. Just focus on fucking stacking and just try and ignore it as much as possible. Yes, try, try, try. It's going to be hard when, you're, when your family members are just coming up to you like, oh, you're not in Shiba Inu, idiot. <laughs> fucking boomer. <laughs> sorry sorry cousin jamie oh yeah tungsten cubes are shit coins as well i don't know why they're blowing up i don't know why you see that mirage picture for wall street journal yeah i'm just staring <laughs> that's a nice kitchen mirage we're taking over the mainstream you have a kitchen that nice your short bitcoin mirage is that really his kitchen? Was that his I kitchen? I think that was his real kitchen, right? Naraj, it's too modern, man. I don't like <laughs> modern. It's too- Marty's kitchen's outside. Yeah. His whole house is like that. It's too sanitized. It's too sanitized, these, these modern designs. Yeah, Neil's, Ronan Miner's commenting that he doesn't see any squirrels. I saw like a shit ton of squirrels while I was in your backyard. Yeah. I, they like just stay just out of frame. Yeah, they're usually running up on this fence. They got big nuts down here, these squirrels. <laughs> they do. They're, they're, not, they're not neutering the squirrels, I can tell you that. Very high tea squirrels in Texas. Maybe everything's just high tea down here. Uh, it's, it's in the air. High tea energy is in the air down here. Uh, what do we have next? We should probably get to the list to keep talking about the stuff we came here to talk about. El Salvador now holds 1,120 1, Bitcoin. They just purchased 420 Bitcoin. You think that was uh, 2K legal for some meme? 
Beam Lab there? It feels like it, right? Like, I don't think you can, like, accidentally purchase 420 Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Presidents uh, making 420 pot jokes with Bitcoin bias. What a timeline. What a timeline. So they're, they're climbing up the stack. This is actually a conversation I had with my dad. My dad was like, who do you think's next? Uh, actually, this morning before I left Charleston, we got breakfast. He was like, all right, like, who's a, after El Salvador? I just saw that they bought more Bitcoin. Like, who's next? I was like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like Guatemala or like another Latin American company. But another thing I realized, like, people don't ever mention like Belarus and Ukraine. Like, don't they already have Bitcoin? And they just like are pretty low key about it. Well, like Ukraine has like disclosure rules. So like we know a bunch of their politicians holdings and they have like a sh- like the politicians are like fucking they have yeah. a ton of Bitcoin. Yeah. There was like a mayor of like a small town with like 15,000 Bitcoin or something. Remember? Yeah. If I remember correctly, there's something like 60,000 Bitcoin dispersed between Ukrainian politicians. Well, like this, the smart ones aren't really talking about it, especially if you're a small country without fucking strong military. Like you should just chill. Yeah. Like North Korea probably has a bunch. I think Russia is probably actively stacking. Yeah. We know Venezuela is stealing from their people and stacking. Yeah. Yeah, we know Venezuela for sure. El Salvador, obviously, for sure. I think, but I think the Ukraine government, like outside the politicians, might have, I don't know why I think that. I well, wasn't there like, I think Belarus was the one where confiscated, but they're not selling it. So, right. So. But it was also like, and then they denied it afterwards. Yeah. And like, so you didn't, you didn't know it was like some blog posted it and it was like a translation of Ukrainian. And then the Ukrainian government said they didn't have it and that it was bullshit. They're like, that's what I would say if I was them too. Right. But anyway, Bukele is the only head of state that is tweeting out, you know, I'm, I just stacked the dip, (laughs) which makes it unique, right? Like there's plenty of people that have good OPSEC and they're buying Bitcoin or mining or earning Bitcoin, but he's the only head of state that's like actively tweeting just stacked. Yeah. Which is a paradigm shift. Very Even if it's not necessarily you know, like G6 country level type of accumulation. G6, we're losing them by the day. G8, (laughs) we're not a G6. Maybe I was talking about the plane. Matt's got, Matt's got private jets on the mind. This is not a good sign, freaks. Dump it. (laughs) Wait, Marty, I had dinner with Marty at the local top and he popped, he popped champagne at legit the top. (laughs) <laughs> he ordered the champagne and he popped it at the top Wednesday night yeah hey we'll get back we'll get back um, I was staying humble I drank the champagne but I didn't order it or pop it yes yes well I was like that was your move in 2017 yeah every time I saw you I knew you were like popping champagne <laughs> <laughs> uh, the this is big news Really exciting news. It came out of nowhere, too. I wasn't even aware of this. And I feel like I talked to Alex a good bit. Um, River added uh, mining to their, their stack of services that they're offering their customers. So you can uh, purchase miners and, and have them managed and, and plugged in uh, via River, uh, which is pretty cool. It's a unique value add for their customers. And it's a, it's, it's a different direction than 
most exchanges and brokerages uh, have gone down to date. So it's really interesting to see them mix mining into their stack specifically. I, I like the move a lot. Well, it's hosted mining, obviously. So like you buy the miners through them, they'll host it for you. Uh, similar to like what Compass Mining offers or Blockware offers. Um, it is It is a perfect example of the fact that River's sole focus on Bitcoin and being a Bitcoin financial services company allows them to innovate way faster than all these other exchanges and brokerages. I mean, they were one of the first ones to add lightning support. Um, they allow you to self-custody and view it all through their platform in a very easy white glove kind of way. They add support for new Bitcoin features as they come out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be one of the first that have Taproot um so yeah it's, it's cool to see i wonder if they weren't very clear i think they launched a wait list i wonder if it's a like a white label partnership with like a compass or a blockware yeah we'll see i uh alex is actually gonna be in town on monday we're gonna sit down and record i guess we're gonna talk about this i didn't know we were gonna talk about this when we scheduled it last week but i guess now we're gonna be talking about this so here's what they say on there Website, how river mining works. You purchase your miners, place a down payment to reserve miners ahead of their launch date. Your miners go live at a hosting facility on their launch date. They handle the hosting, servicing, and maintaining of the miners. Um, and then you earn Bitcoin. Once the river miners will start earning Bitcoin by providing support to the Bitcoin network and gets deposited straight into your river account. I mean, so Trinity made a good a good question he said he said why would anyone make uh why would anyone use hosted mining when they have to do full kyc um i tell you know i tend to agree i think one of the beauties of mining is that uh you can get mine you can get you can stack in a relatively sovereign fashion uh and and probably the most private way of of securing bitcoin um and even i was i'm even you know I tend to think that even if you're paying a higher electricity rate, because one of the beauties of hosted mining is that you get to pay a way lower electricity rate, um, way lower power rate um, with something like Compass, where you don't do full KYC, but it's like a light KYC kind of situation happening. Um, I still think you're better off just figuring out a place where you can get the power, plugging it in and paying the higher power rate and not having to trust a third party holding your hardware. But it's kind of an interesting question, like who's going to choose the full KYC river hosted versus the light KYC compass? Because that's more of like an apples and oranges comparison versus actually holding your own miners. And I would argue that probably there's they think that there's an there's a market there of, you know, like buttoned up boomers who want you know financial exposure to mining and would alternatively be buying like a public mining stock. And instead, they'd prefer to at least on paper own their own hash uh, in a hosted mining facility and see the returns come directly in Bitcoin rather than in fiat. Well, that's preferable. Yeah. So there's different levels, you know, options are good. Yeah. Options. Everything are good. has trade offs. Everything does have trade offs. And, I, and again, and there's another thing here too. It's actually something like behind the scenes I've been telling exchanges too. I have a theory. I don't know if it'll play out, but I think it, it could. Like, if Bitcoin is wildly successful, like at some point, like the 2030s, 2040s, I think exchanges are going to have to have direct exposure to mining operations just to get liquidity. Um, if exchanges 
still exist in 10, 15 years. And like, think about that. Like once we do have a Bitcoin standard, like do we even need exchanges in their current form and how they adopt, how do they adapt and front run uh, inevitable mass adoption? Um, I th- again, one of my theories is that they're going to need to get mining operations either diversify um, and prepare for that, that Bitcoin standard future or um, even if they do survive and exchanges are still around in their current form and providing services they are being used by the, uh, a lot of people like a decade from now, they're going to need mining operations to get access to liquidity. Um, you have any thoughts on that? I mean... They can always just work with miners and rather than doing it themselves, right? And and get like, I, I assume like all these exchanges have different, like that's one of the tasks that they have to do as, a, as a, an exchange to not like run out of Bitcoin. Um, and we actually saw like in the most recent bull, like didn't like Swan, like, mm-hmm. like Swan was using Prime Trust and like they just ran out of liquidity at certain points. Yeah, and like there was like all the engagement accounts were tweeting out. There's a Bitcoin shortage. There's a Bitcoin shortage. It's like no, uh, Prime Trust main one of Prime Trust's main uh, responsibilities is making sure they have liquidity, and they failed that. Um, but you know, you're getting it from like OTC. You're getting it from miners who want to have like longer term contracts, probably to hedge their risk. Um, and you're getting it from traders. And like a lot of times, uh, I mean, it used to be the case. I don't know how much it's the case now, but uh, you can source liquidity from other exchanges even, right? Where you have like partnerships where you're basically buying or selling on on their platform and connecting it back to your users. Um, will mining be an aspect of that? Yeah, of course, it always has been. Um, I, I still don't, I'm not sold that this idea of hosted mining is a long-term thing or if it's just a fad. And I'm not trying to dismiss it when I say fad, but like cloud mining, we remember the cloud mining days. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I mean, there's been- And this seems like an evolution of cloud mining. No one does cloud mining anymore. Well, because cloud mining- Was like a straight scam. Yeah, I think hosted mining is building on the- uh, iterating on cloud mining and uh, really fixing some of the problems that existed with cloud mining, which had to do with ASIC procurement. And so just being able to offer services and actually follow through, I think that's built in more uh, thoughtfully into these hosted services. Uh, They're definitely like more legitimate, right? Than just like some website popping up. What? Disclaimer response by Compass, a hosting service. So just get out of the way. But uh, I mean, but we're being critical of them. So I feel like the disclosure is less necessary. But I I mean, it it just goes to what you always say, right? Like my sound keeps cutting out. It goes to what you always say, where like these large, these large, like regulated warehouses of miners are like massive targets. Right. But if you're distributed and you're holding your own hash and you have your own hardware, it's like not your keys, not your coins, just with fucking hardware with ASICs. Yeah. Like I feel like anyone who's keeping their ASICs in a large warehouse is playing a dangerous game. And if you don't own that warehouse, 
then your danger is even higher. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky though, right? It's trade-offs with everything. Like if you want to scale, if you want cheap electricity, some uh, larger facilities are necessary in those cases. Um, yeah. Again, it's interesting. Everything comes with trade-offs. Meanwhile, we have Neil, we have Ronan Miner in the chat. I saw you posted on Twitter something that he's been dreaming of for a while, which is renting out failed Subway sandwich locations uh, to host miners in them because they're already wired uh, for high power because they have all the ovens and everything in them. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're all going out of business because of COVID. So he got his first Subway location, uh, Subway sandwich location, and he's, he's going to put miners in there. I like this, Neil. Blood in the water, subway blood in the water. They'll get all their, they'll get all their fucking buildings. Plug in the miners. I like that idea a lot. Um, yeah, so that's another thing. Like someone in the comments said, you know, like right now, like the compasses and the blockwares have like a light KYC approach. My, my instinct, after being in this space for so long, is that. There's going to be a time we're going to, they're going to be forced to do full KYC. And I just really, really hope it's not like a shotgun KYC situation because shotgun KYC is the worst, which is, you know, what we saw Binance do, which is what we saw Poloniex do, which saw Bittrex do, which is this idea of holding your funds hostage and forcing you to KYC. In this case, it is good that like Compass and Blockware, and I presume River they allow you to connect to your own pool, whatever pool you choose. So they don't control the, the Bitcoin that is a reward, but they control your hardware. They could technically hold the hardware hostage. Be like, you're not going to get this $15,000 machine back unless you fill out these forms and tell us, you know, you know, where your third sister went to college or something. <laughs> right. Um, well, hopefully if that does, they are forced to be put in that situation. Uh, they can pull a BitMEX and give their give their users fair warning. Um, we do have examples of people doing it. No, we would probably deem as more ethical than than the others who have done it in the past. I think BitMEX is a shining example of that. Um, is they had to force KYC on their users as they're embroiled in a large case with the New York Attorney General's office. Anyway, freaks, consider consider sourcing some ASICs and running them yourself. It's not as it's not as difficult as you may think. Just make sure you hire a licensed electrician so you don't fucking kill yourself in the process. Yes, uh, very important to get a licensed electrician that knows what they're doing. You can try to do it by yourself, but yeah. you, you don't want to fuck that up. Uh, with that said, we'll, we'll tie this knot with this. Like I was on a mining calculator yesterday, it's crazy. S nines are still profitable at eighteen cents a kilowatt hour. That's like without, <laughs> without brains even running on them. Uh, like the M thirties. Oh, without brains, that's not even including brains. So, freaks, if you don't know, like if you install the brains firmware, they're also a sponsor. Slush is a custom firmware. It automatically makes your Bitmain miners thirty percent more effective. Yeah. So that's without without brains. It's still at eighteen cents. You're profitable with you around 20 cents like and those are like seven-year-old machines yeah it's crazy uh like top of the line m30s s19s i think you're profitable at like 50 cents exactly like you don't need you don't need like five cents out of russia like what like compass is like newest thing is like not only is it 
a warehouse you don't control operated by a company that's not you but it's in fucking russia <laughs> like a country that you don't know at any moment can just like seize all your fucking hardware and you get five cents but like you have to think in your head like is that trade-off necessary when you can mine at you know i i mean i doubt any freaks are mining at 50 cents a kilowatt hour yeah and to be fair to compass i think we should mention they do have uh, at-home mining services they will help you if you do i think that's a cool service i like the idea of like the white glove customer support idea with mining at home like i think people like a lot of people just want like a be able to pick up the phone and talk to someone you know yeah and if you do host your miners you're using compass you do host them at a hosted facility you can take your miners in kind at any point you want if you're a freak who was hosting with blockware or compass mining and took them up on that offer and had them send you your rigs to your to your home or to your po box or your dropbox location or whatever successfully please reach out and let me know i've heard a couple stories yeah yeah, I think it's happened. But yeah, if you if you you've done it as well, please. Or like tweet, like respond to the tweet. Respond to the tweet that we uh, that uh, have the episode. Yeah, God, we're getting we're getting down tangents here. I told my wife, hard hour. It's not happening, honey. Hard hour. How long have we been going? I mean, we've been talking for an hour, but we've been recording. Really, we only have three. We've only done three of them so far. We're gonna go to shout outs. Um, missed them last week, and I, I feel like an asshole. I missed the pl- important one that was pretty time sensitive and didn't read it at the live show. Um, that's on Marty, not on me. I don't get to see the shout outs until he reads them. That's on me. Throw them under the bus. You just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just did. Right, here we go. We are October 17th, 19th, excuse me. Marty and Matt, thanks for everything you do for Bitcoin. That's the shout out. Our good friend at 03jan09, 03jan09 on Twitter. Why was that time sensitive? No, nah, that's not the one I'm talking about. I met him. He's awesome. I'm not going to dox where I met him, but he's awesome. I met him. And you had already met him too. Cheers, freak. Appreciate the shout out. You're about to, you're about to, to repeat And that. appreciate meeting you. You're awesome. Yes. The, the feeling is co-signed by, by Marty. Reminder that Citadel Dispatch is sponsor-free and freak-supported. Stream some sats on Sphinx from our good friend at 03Jan09. About two Cheers, shots. freak. Double. He doubled up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was also not a time-sensitive one, right? No, this is the time-sensitive one. Um, I guess I'll know when I hear it. Marty and Matt, the shout-out was funded by the newly created Indianapolis Bitcoin meetup. <laughs> We're having our first monthly get-together next Wednesday, October 27th. <laughs> at Beer Brewery on 65th Street from 7 to 9 p.m. Shout-out to Brandon Quinton from Bitcoiners in Minneapolis. Meetup. Damn, uh, Marty, you fucked that one up. <laughs> getting this off the ground. If you're thinking of starting a meetup in your hometown, then hit him up on Twitter. Uh, again, that's next Wednesday, October 27th from 7 to 9 at Beer Brewery, the one on 65th Street in Indy. That's what you guys do and for spreading the good word from Indianapolis Bitcoiners. Uh, that, sh- that meetup happened two days ago. I hope it was a massive success, Freaks. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad to hear that we got a new meetup on the, on the radar. 
popping up everywhere. We got two in Oklahoma. We already mentioned them a couple of weeks ago. We got this one in Indy, uh, a freak that I met in Nashville when I went and did the live episode of what Bitcoin did with Peter and Preston. Uh, he drove down from Michigan from that uh, for that. <laughs> And uh, I think I successfully convinced them to start a Michigan meetup, which he did. Uh, he, he sent a tweet thread out this week. Uh, if you're in Michigan, I believe it's like uh, northwest part of the, the state. I could be wrong. Go look at my Twitter. I, I retweeted out earlier this week. Um, I will say I did have one of the, the indie Bitcoiners like reach out to me. It was like, hey, I just like listened to live RHR. I realized you didn't read the shout outs. Like, the time sensitive one um and they had a thread and i, and I shared that as well uh, oh that's good you made it up for them with some uh with some anyway with some twitter exposure um support your local meetup freaks uh i know like everything has trade-offs right there is some offset considerations to keep in mind uh you know don't like bring your coin with you don't uh you know get drunk and tell them exactly how you hold your coin. Don't start being braggy. Don't like brag about things. Maybe don't tell them which name you are on Twitter. Always assume. Um, too. What was that? Always assume there's a spook or two amongst yeah, you. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some spooks. They're very engaged in their local communities. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of benefits. Like hanging out with Bitcoiners in person is the best thing ever. It's just so good. It's just... It's just amazing. And uh, I know it can be intimidating and scary the first time you go. Um, we've all done the first time. So we've all been there. And uh, it's something you should really consider. It is awesome. And I met some lifelong friends and family. I would consider so many Bitcoiners family now. And it, it all started with the first meetup. So consider it. And cheers to Indy. I hope to... Uh, to come visit you guys sometime soon. Cheers to Indy is right. Um, cheers to everybody starting Bitcoin meetups out there. They're important and they're they're getting a lot of traction. The Houston one again, three hundred people there. It's the third or fourth meetup. Or uh, I'm sorry, Al, and that's disrespectful. You guys have been doing it longer than that. Uh, they have a dope venue too. Yeah, it's like the sweet. They got the, oh, yeah, the sexy car garage. Yeah. I did a tour of it the first one I went to. There's some sweet cars in that place. Um, next, back to the list. Right before we get the software updates, uh, we got to talk about Blockstream sponsoring Mini Mint. Uh, this is. Oh, fuck yes. This is awesome. Yeah. So we've discussed it on the show uh, and in the newsletter, probably in July, when Eric Syrian, who Blockstream just decided to fund his, his work on. Uh, Chalmy and Mints. His particular implementation is called Mini Mint. I believe he's working on uh, an implementation or a, a developer suite called FedMint or FediMint or something like that. Um, and essentially, say so, yeah, it would it would be a a federated eCash Chalmy and eCash implementation um, that could significantly increase privacy of Bitcoiners. Uh, using the Lightning Network, uh, but it does come with some trade-offs. And so let's let's dive into this. We've discussed them in the past, uh, but I'm really excited for this stuff because I think the trade-offs are worthwhile. And I think you can you can construct these federations in ways where you can have um, a considerable amount of trust that that your sats are, are safe and being respected. But what are your thoughts off the back? Yeah, I mean, so the idea here is is most freaks, uh, whether we like it or not, have used custodial lightning wallets. Um, 
I know Marty likes using uh, the custodial blue wallet, lightning wallet. That's a very common one or a wallet of Satoshi. These are custodial lightning wallets. They're very easy to use um, with small amounts of money um, for like spending. Now, when you use a custodial lightning wallet, you have, uh, you have trust concerns and privacy concerns. The trust concern is let's, let's say you're using wallet of Satoshi, wallet of Satoshi could steal all your money. Wallet of Satoshi can get hit by regulators um, and they could say you have to do full KYC. Um, we had um, the Dropbit wallet that was seized by the US government because uh, the founder was also running a custodial mixer. They, they took all the custodial lightning funds out of it. So if you had custodial lightning on Dropbit, uh, you lost all your money. So you have funds risk uh, because you have custodial risk. The second thing is you have privacy risk. You're trusting the custodial wallet provider with all of your private transaction details. If, if Wallet Satoshi wants to spy on you, they can see every transaction you make um, on Lightning. What's cool about this is uh, using this tech, you can basically have a custodial Lightning wallet where you get privacy from the custodian. The custodian cannot see your transactions, has no idea what you're doing because it's using an implementation of Chami Cash. So they have no idea what your transactions are. And then that leaves, you still have funds risk, but by making it federated, this idea, which is, you know, liquid's a federated model, but in, in this situation, you can imagine it like the custodians are basically in a multi-sig. So you could have, you know, 10, you could have 15 different entities be a part of a federated custodial lightning wallet. 10 of them need to collude together or work together to steal your money. And regardless if they all collude, they still can't take your privacy. So you have way less trust in the custodial providers because you need a bunch of different parties to collude and you actually get privacy from them. And at the same time, you have the cost savings of lightning, you have the ease of onboarding of custodial wallets, and you can send and receive from any other Lightning wallet, whether or not they're using this tech. So you have access to the to the greater Lightning network at the same time. Um, so it can be very, very accessible privacy with even better trust trade-offs, you know, way better trust trade-offs than current custodial Lightning wallets. So it could be a massive improvement. It's very accessible. Um, it seems well within reach, especially with someone like Blockstream stepping in and and funding the initiative. So. Um, I think it's I think it's really promising. And not only not only are you having not only do you have privacy within the, you know, of, from the custodians, in a lot of ways, it'll be more private than if you're using a self-sovereign lightning setup, because you can imagine. Um, let, let, let's say you have one of these 10 of 15 federated custodial Chami and lightning wallets, let's say. 500,000 people are using it or 50,000 people are using it. Externally, when you're looking at that, any transaction that goes in or out of that custodial wallet could be one of those 500,000 people. Like you don't know who that is and you can't discern what that is externally. So it becomes like this, this kind of black box lightning wallet. Now, the biggest threat could be regulators could come and try and shut it down, right? And that's where you kind of want to see that these federations are made up of entities that some are anons, maybe they're in different jurisdictions. Um, 
to make them more resistant to kind of government intervention because that would that's basically the big threat i see there rather than you know being rather than worrying about if 10 of them are going to collude together to steal your money uh the bigger threat in my mind is will they get government pressure because they're offering like basically a hosted privacy service and in that case you really want them to be multi-jurisdictional you want them to be ideally some anons involved there that you know they don't even know who's operating it yeah. really fucking cool and eric eric really deserves it he's an awesome dude um and uh and it's sorely needed so props yeah. all around on that one eric will be presenting uh, down in el salvador at adopting bitcoin in a couple of weeks here so be on the lookout for that i think he's he did he did a he like shared a little picture demo on october 3rd i was in the car between new orleans and austin Nashville, New Orleans. Um, so I missed that when he launched it. But yeah, it seems like it has like a working implement. It was an idea in July. It seems like things actually are actually functional now, um, which is incredible to see. And like Matt said, like I, I can envision a world where you have many federations pop up and you have like just a slew of Uncle Jim's. You have like Uncle Jim networks, uh, like federation networks that pop up. Um, and begin facilitating this. That's one thing I said in the event when I wrote it. Like this is actual... DeFi, this is how you disrupt banking. Now you can have, you can build like a free banking system on top of these, uh, these Chami and eCash systems too. Like, so that's, that's when it's going to get interesting when you can have like Bitcoin companies, whales, enthusiasts, plebs, uh, just begin spinning up these, these Chami and vaults and offering competitive services on top of Bitcoin compared to banks. Um, uh anybody can disrupt them again it's yeah i mean 100 percent. i was talking to gladstein and he made a point that i wasn't really even thinking about um because as far as i'm concerned you know sats are the standard you know you should if you're if you're not measuring your life in sats you know you're short bitcoin but in the short term you know there's a lot of people especially in the developing world that really want dollar exposure they don't want to hold all their money in sats um, they want to have some savings in dollars so that they know, um, I, I hate the term stable coin, but know that they have a relatively stable value. And especially in these types of federated custodial pools, it could be even easier to implement some kind of conference, uh, contract for difference system where you can basically get virtual dollar exposure because some people in the pool will want to go long Bitcoin and some will want to go short Bitcoin. And you can basically get like a synthetic dollar there without actually needing like a so-called stable token or stable coin. Yeah. Um, so it could get really interesting. And I think that's like well within reach. Yeah, it's crazy. So shout out to Eric, shout out to Blockstream. Uh, you got to give props for props are due. Blockstream's fucking crushing 2021. Um, the made a lot of strides in a lot of areas of their business and uh, i'm very happy to see them supporting eric and and mini mint i'm very excited to see what he presents in el salvador in a few weeks here um where this thing goes again i think <clears throat> comes like taproot dlcs these mints like we're we're hitting like an inflection point of like runaway innovation that I don't think they're like, like he, he said, like the government's going to try and shut it down. You can't. Like imagine they go, here's, here's how it could play out. You have a, a federation spin up and it's public entities. The government shuts it down. 
a month later, you just have a bunch of anon Uncle Jim start one and people start using it and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And you just have more and more compound after that. And yeah, like are the fucking Western governments going to tell African African citizens that uh, they can't have these citizens of Africa, citizens of Africa, but they can't have of African countries. <laughs> American citizens. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that was fucking. <laughs> All right, it's been a long week. Um, but no, are they going to go tell people who desperately need these services and these privacy enabling tools in Africa that they can't use it because, oh, we have KYC AML regulations up here and we have to listen to these demons at the Financial Action Task Force. So we're done. We're abolishing FATF. I'm getting texts from my wife. Like you said, it would only be an hour. Uh, All right, let's run through the software updates and wrap this baby. Um, Your wife deserves it. She does. She does. She does. BDC Pay version 1.3.0 has been released. I believe they added support for foundation devices. Uh, That's the least of it. They added LNURL support and Lightning address support. Lightning address, yes. Probably the easiest way to do self-sovereign Lightning addresses now, so... Boom. Boom. Shout out to uh to Andre. And they, they added taproot support for when it activates. Woo. Uh what else? Lightning network top up invoices. That's interesting. Pull payments. This is Marty reading release notes. No, this is never good. Um Sparrow version 1.5.2 has been released. Nix Bitcoin version 0.0.55 has been released. Spectre do it yourself. Version 1.6.1 has been released. Joinbox version 0.6.3 has been released. Simple Bitcoin wallet, Matt's favorite Bitcoin wallet. Uh, version 2.2.17 has been released. Umbrel version 0.4.6 has been released. Umbrel also raised $3 million in a seed round. It was interesting. Um, Congratulations so to the team on that. Yeah, and it's cr- I mean, they're making the case, a very strong case that they're pretty much they're responsible for the, the crazy growth that the lightning network seen in the last last six months eight months particularly um which is really cool uh immortan version 0.3.6 has been released bisque version 1.7.5 has been released blue wallet version 6.2.12 has been released uh that's it for the software updates but one last Bullet point here on the list is the fact that uh, Voltage released Flow, uh, which is an easy way to interface with Lightning Pool. So if you are using Voltage to spin up a node in the cloud, which they really can't, uh, all the data is encrypted. Um, So if you want to spin up a Lightning node and have it managed for you uh, by the Voltage team, they're now providing you uh, this product Flow, which will allow you to get inbound liquidity uh, pretty much immediately, which is which is cool to see in the uh, integration with uh, the Lightning Pool, which is is trying to solve the the channel liquidity problem. Uh, when yeah, Lightning Pool makes it easy to buy inbound liquidity from other users in a marketplace, uh, but the UX leaves a lot to be uh, desired. Um, Flow makes the UX very easy. Uh, as far as trade offs of using a cloud Lightning node. We have a awesome rip with Arbed out dropping tomorrow where we kind of discuss that at length. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, be on the lookout for that. Um, it's a spooky episode. 
It's a spooky. Marty said spooky maybe like 45 times in that in that <laughs> conversation. We knew we were going to drop it on Hallow's Eve. We do a holiday special. This year's holiday special is a Halloween special. Um, and uh, sorry, freaks, but Matt did not take a nap during this, Fred. <laughs> It'll never happen again. <laughs> that was a special, you know, a lot of special things happened during 2020, and that was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. 2021. Fuck, man. It's almost November. Sure flew by. He's texting. I have some last words for the freaks before we wrap up. Um, because I like, I fucked it up last time. What? Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your words. Um, Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through 9th, the largest Bitcoin only conference that's ever existed. Wait for it, Marty. This is not an ad read. The prices increase on Tuesday. I told them the prices increase after the fact last time because every month the prices increase. They increase on Tuesday. There's a discount code open source because we're going to have the largest open source only agenda on a on a 2000 person dedicated conference hall. And if you use that code, it's 21% off. It's the highest code possible. I do not get a kickback from that code. It all goes to you if you use it. So you freaks, we the freaks that I knew you're going to get a Bitcoin 2022 shill in. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, it's important. I will not shill it again for another month until the next price increase. It is the mo- the price will increase. You will regret it. I do not so, buy. It. I do not buy. It. Consider yourself warned. I, uh, I like the Bitcoin 2022 shills. It's always important to remind people that uh, there's going to be a dope ass event in Miami in April. And we'll have a live rabbit hole recap there, as we always do. We're going to be outside. Kevin O'Leary is going to join us. We're going to be in air conditioning. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going inside. Yeah. Kevin O'Leary, uh, Kevin O'Leary has accepted a, a challenge I gave him to arm wrestle. We're going to arm wrestle on stage during. Has he really accepted the challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Manifesting here. Manifesting. Man- Kevin O'Leary, if you're listening, Marty's challenging you. <laughs> arm wrestling. Uh, and then, then we get to debate ESG, whether or not. Oh, oh, squirrel on the tree. Squirrel on the tree. Squirrel on the tree. I don't see him. I uh, missed him. He just climbed up. Neil, did you see the squirrel? Rewind the tapes. Neil is the arbiter of truth in terms of squirrels on trees. He's the one keeping you honest. There was a squirrel on the tree. <laughs> All right. Um, I've got to go have dinner with my family. Give your love to give my love to your wife and your child. I love you, freaks. Stay humble, stack sets. You do the same. And I'm going to give her some love too, baby. (laughs) Peace and love, freaks.